Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. It is the 2nd of December. Yes, I missed the 1st. Sue me. <laughs> Don't actually. <laughs> Anyway, yes, it's the 2nd of December. No snow. No snow where I'm at. So, no sledding. I'm not pleased about that development. The LA Auto Show just passed. And yeah, you, you better believe I'm going to be covering a lot of vehicles that just got unveiled. Most importantly of all of them, though, is, and you've probably already seen this, is the new Jeep Gladiator. Now, I'm going to be reading... Basically everything that there is to know, well, most of the things there is to know about the new Gladiator via Mopar Insiders. If you don't know them, you should. They're doing Mopar news daily, and not to toot my own horn, but I'm a contributing writer. So, yeah, go check them out, MoparInsiders.com. That's it. Go check it out. Anyway, let's talk about the Gladiator. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles FC or FCA has re-entered the midsize truck segment with its Jeep brands late with, sorry, with... Jeep's with its Jeep brand's latest vehicle, the 2020 Jeep Gladiator, also known as the JT. Yes, it is finally here after years of rumors, speculation, and spy photos. The all-new Jeep pickup is finally here. The automotive gods have praised us, have, have given us this wonderful gift of a Jeep pickup. The 2020 Jeep Gladiator is not just an altered Jeep Wrangler JL that was made into a pickup truck. In fact, both vehicles are very different. Using a completely different frame, the 2020 Jeep Gladiator is 204 inches long or about 31 inches longer than that of the 2019 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited. The wheelbase of the Gladiator is also larger with an increase of 19.4 inches over the 2019 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited also known as the JL, for a total wheelbase of 137 inches. This added length was also needed to add the 5-foot steel bed. Yet, the Jeep Gladiator is only 400 pounds heavier than the Wrangler Unlimited. Four trim levels will be offered upon its release to the public in North America. Originally, we had thought three. Those trim levels are Sport, Sport S, Overland, and Rubicon. When you compare the Gladiator to the Wrangler Unlimited, the Gladiator features bigger axles, brakes, wheels, and suspension with longer rear link arm set lower for better control and towing capability. The Gladiator will also have a 1,600 pound or 725 kilogram payload capacity, while its towing capacity can be rated up to 7,650 pounds or 3,470 kilograms. A class 4 receiver is optional and, both fe and features both 4-pin and 7-pin harness plugs. The first engine available at launch will be the award-winning 3.6-liter Pentastar V6, rated at 285 horsepower and 260 pound-feet of torque. Just like its regular brother, it comes standard with a 6-speed manual transmission or, or an optional ZF-sourced 8-speed automatic. The long-awaited 3-liter Eco Diesel V6 will thankfully make its debut in the year 2020, so a little longer wait. Jeep is not giving any additional information about the EcoDiesel Eco at this time, however. It will only be avail available with the 8-speed automatic when it does arrive. But power rating should be around 260 horsepower and 442 pound-feet of torque, according to weight Jeep showed off during the Wrangler JL debut. Like a typical Jeep, the Gladiator is ready for off-road adventurers. Despite being long, 
larger than the Wrangler Limited Rubicon, it is quite nimble off-road. The 2020 Jeep Gladiator Rubicon will be the most off-road capable midsize pickup available. The Gladiator Rubicon offers 11.1 inches or 282 millimeters of ground clearance, an approach angle of 43.6 degrees, breakover angle of 20.3 degrees, and a departure angle of 26 degrees. The Rubicon model also features 30-inch water fording ability, a 4-to-1 transfer case, and of course, electronically actuated anti-sway bar. The Rubicon will also feature 33-inch Mud Terrain Falcon MT Tires LT285-70R17 with a C-Load rating, which are different from the, Wrangler, from the Wrangler Rubicon's BF Goodrich All-Terrain TA KO2 tires. Other things that set the Gladiator Rubicon apart from its Wrangler counterpart is the welcome addition of Fox Aluminum Body 2-inch diameter shocks and full-length sidebars, with an additional bar for the bed area to help while off-road. Optional steel bumpers all av are available, while Mopar already has a ton of Jeep performance parts available for the Gladiator at launch. While the Gladiator, share while the Gladiator shares much of its sheet metal with the Wrangler JL, the grille has been modified for better airflow. Also different about the Gladiator's iconic grille is a forward-facing camera placed in the center of it. It is one of over 80 safety and convenience features available on the Gladiator. Gladiator is also the only available convertible pickup on the market. It is also the first true convertible pickup since the 1989-1991 Dodge Dakota convertible. Yes, the Chevrolet SSR offered an open-air experience, however, it was a retractable hardtop. Just like the convertible JL, Gladiator will offer hardtop, softtop, or options for both. In the bed of the Jeep Gladiator, functionality is key. The box offers shorter and lower bed size than full-size pickups, which allows for easier loading and unloading of cargo. With Gladiator's tailgate, there is a neat feature that allows a halfway down option. This allows four to eight sheets of plywood to easily be carried in the box. Inside the Jeep Gladiator, it looks almost identical to the Wrangler JL. The Gladiator's rear seats can still be folded down. There is underseat storage that is lockable as well, but it is virtually the same inside as the Wrangler JL, which is a very good thing. We can't wait to get our hands on one. Jeep has gone all out in making the 2020 Jeep Gladiator not just a Jeep, but the best midsize pickup on the market. Stay tuned as we will be covering more about the 2020 Jeep Gladiator as more information becomes available. And that is it for the Jeep Gladiator from Mopar Insiders. Once again, check them out. Check Mopar Insiders out, moparinsiders.com. Let's get on to some of the other cars. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's now talk about the new Mazda 3. And this was on the 27th of November. Following a leak earlier today, Mazda has taken the wraps off the new Mazda 3. Described as the dawn of a new era, the redesigned model is an important vehicle for Mazda as it is their first car to use the Skyactiv vehicle architecture and the new Skyactiv X petrol engine. The latter features a spark-controlled compression, compression ignition, or SCCI, system which promises to combine the best attributes of both petrol and diesel engines. Putting those items aside for a moment, the Mazda 3 has a new interpretation of the company's Kodo design language. The automaker says it has an extremely simple single motion to its overall form while also being elegant and expressive. 
Both the sedan and hatchback feature an evolutionary design, but the sedan is the real star of the show as it, as it adopts a number of styling cues from the Vision Coupe concept. Starting up front, we can see a prominent grille with chromed wings which flow into slender headlights. Moving further back, there's flowing bodywork and, dynamic green, and, a, and a dynamic greenhouse. The rear is also pretty sporty as it features an integrated trunk spoiler, slim taillights, and a dual exhaust system. While the exterior is revolutionary, the interior changes are more significant as, as the cabin is more upscale than its predecessor. Mazda was tight-lipped on specifics, but the company adopted a less-is-more approach, which resulted in a minimalist design. Key highlights include a three-spoke steering wheel, a freestanding 8.8-inch infotainment system, and an upholstery dashboard pad that resides above a generous swath of chrome trim. Mazda also noted the interior parts have been given their own unique grain, which is designed to express the richness and warmth of genuine leather. Another unique feature is the gearbox round, which incorporates a laser-engraved black layer covered by a second layer to present a glossy black finish with a look of deep transparency. In essence, it's a, classy, it's a classy version of gloss black trim. Among the other changes are an improved telescopic steering wheel that now features an additional 10mm or 0.4 inches of movement. The center armrest has also been lengthened, while the cup holders have now been relocated to the front of the shifter. Under the hood, there will be an assortment of different engines depending on the market. Mazda didn't mention specifics, but confirmed there will be a 1.5 liter, 2 liter, and 2.5 liter petrol engines, as well as a 1.8 liter diesel. The company didn't mention the displacement of the Skyactiv-X X engine, but noted it will be paired with a new M-Hybrid system that supports greater gains in fuel economy and achieves higher levels of driving pleasure and environmental friendliness. On the Dynamics front, the Mazda 3 will be offered with an improved iActive all-wheel drive system, which works in conjunction with the company's new G Vectoring Control Plus system that recently debuted on the 2019 CX-5. The car also adopts a new suspension, which uses McPherson struts in the front and a newly developed torsion beam setup in the rear. Mazda says these changes and other changes enable the car to accelerate, turn, and brake in a way that feels natural and intuitive, like a tool you have, like a tool you've been using for years. Moving on to safety, the Mazda 3 offers an assortment of driver assistance systems such as front cross traffic alert, which uses a side which uses side radars to detect approaching vehicles at blind intersections. The car can also be outfitted with a cruising and traffic support system, which can automatically accelerate, brake, and steer the car during traffic jams. Last but not least, engineers developed a new driver monitoring system, which uses an infrared camera to monitor the driver and determine if they're drowsy or distracted. If the system determines the driver has become dangerous, it will sound an audible alert. Even more on the Mazda 3, it's going to offer all-wheel drive here in the U.S. Porsche goes full beast mode with new 690 horsepower 911 GT2 RS Club Sport. Celebrating its world premiere at the 2018 LA Auto Show is Porsche's spectacular 911 GT2 RS Club Sport. Powered by a 3.8-liter flat-six twin-turbocharged engine producing 690 horsepower. Technically, this is the racing version of the road-legal 911 GT2 RS 991.2. And if you want that gigantic, gigantic rear wing hanging off the back of your Porsche, you're going to have to make sure to purchase one of the first 200 units because that's all they're making. For the upcoming years, our customers will not only race the, the GT2 RS clubs were on track days, but also at international motor racing events. 
we are currently holding very productive talks with the race organizer SRO, stated Porsche VP of Motorsport and GT Cars, Dr. Frank Stefan Walsier. Power for the 911 GT2 RS Club Sort goes through a rigidly mounted 7-speed dual-clutch gearbox, PDK, eventually reaching the three 10mm or 12.2 inches wide rear tires. According to the German automaker, traction and braking performance is aided by the positioning of the engine behind the rear axle, as well as the six-piston aluminum monoblock racing calipers up front. The front axle boasts 390mm or 15.3-inch diameter brake discs, while the rear has 380 or 14.9-inch ones. Weighing in at just 3,064 pounds or 1,390 kilograms, the club's work comes equipped with PSM, Porsche Stability, Stability Management, Traction Control, and Anti-Lock Brakes. The driver can of course adjust these assistance systems separately or switch them off completely via a switch positioned on the center console. Other easy to spot interior features include the removable carbon steering wheel and color display taken from the 911 from the 2019 911 GT3R, as well as the massive safety cage, recar racing bucket seat, and six-point safety harness. You also get air conditioning. In order to keep the weight down, Porsche had to employ solutions such as the CFRP roof with removable escape hatch, lightweight CFRP hood with quick release, removable CFRP rear hood with quick release, and a 115-liter FT3 safety fuel cell that refuels through the front hood, and the previously mentioned massive rear wing, which is also CFRP, carbon fiber reinforced polymer. As for the electrical system, there's a Cosworth ICD with integrated data logger for the instrument cluster, a sport chrono watch, and boost gauge in a vintage finish. Porsche Track, Porsche Track Precision Race app, integrated lap trigger, a lightweight and leak-proof 60R lithium-ion battery in the passenger footwell, and an emergency throttle switch and tire pressure monitoring system. Some of that was a little bit of a mouthful. I will stop here, but we will continue after the break. Are you uninsured or underinsured? Can't afford the high premiums of health insurance? Would you like to save money on your out-of-pocket cost for dental and medical bills? If you answered yes to any of these questions, request more information at http colon slash slash www.ownyourhealthcare.com slash alternative dash healthcare dash solutions or call Dr. Taffy at 303-576-0670. Our plans are available in 42 states. So this isn't an LA Auto Show thing. I just thought it was worth mentioning because it's out. The 2019 Audi R8 gets detailed. It now hits 0 to 60 in 2.72 seconds. By the way, who remembers the days when all 0 to 60 stats were just 2.7 or 3.2 or 3.0? What? Why are we adding another another number to it? Who cares if it's 2.72 seconds? You can make up that time just by getting a better launch. With the introduction of the facelifted R8, Audi has given its supercar a comprehensive makeover. Not only does it look more aggressive, but it's more powerful too. And even if the extra muscle isn't that impressive compared to the pre-facelifted version, it does make the car quicker. Officially, the 2019 R8 sprints to zero, sprints from zero to 60 in just 3.1 seconds in the performance version. 
and 0.3 seconds slower in the regular model. The top speed is 205 miles per hour and 201 miles per hour, respectively. Both versions benefit from a boost in power. The most humble offering is quick enough to give its driver an adrenaline rush with 562 horsepower and 406 pound-feet of torque. As for the R8 V10 performance, this benefits from 611 horsepower and 428 pound-feet of torque, or just 20 horsepower and 15 horsepower shy as the Lamborghini Huracan Performante. However, the 2019 R8 Performance's naturally aspirated 5.2-liter V10 engine might produce more in the real world. It hasn't been subjected to a dyno test just yet, but Autotography did try out the 0 to 100, the 0 to 60 miles per hour sprint firsthand, and they posted an unbelievable time of 2.72 seconds. That's not all, because before subjecting the German supercar to the punishing run on the Ascari track in Spain. They detailed the upgraded design on video. Thus, get ready to admire it for a few minutes before seeing it in action in a straight line drag race. And you won't because podcast so well. And I gotta be honest, I really don't like the front, the rear end on this new R8. I kind of like the front end. The front end, I do, I do believe it's still a little too aggressive though. But I do kind of like it. But the rear end, it, the front has just got a little bit too much going on for me, especially near the side vents with that little winglet thing. But Overall, the front end, I like it. The rear end, though, no, I don't. It reminds me way too much of early uh, 03 Gallardo or something like that. Okay, back to the LA Auto Show. Toyota Prius sales are falling. Thank God. No. <laughs> In the United States, and the automaker is trying to reverse that trend by introducing the 2019 model, model, model at, obviously, the LA Auto Show. The biggest change is the addition of an electric all-wheel drive system which used to be available in only a handful of markets, such as Japan. When equipped, the car comes with an additional electric motor that powers the rear wheels at speeds up to 43 miles per hour. The electric motor is powered by a newly developed nickel-metal hydrate battery that has been designed to provide excellent performance in cold weather. The battery fits under the rear seat and doesn't have any impact on the interior as the model still offers 65.5 cubic inch, inches or, sorry, cubic feet of cargo space. That's 1,854 liters. Toyota says the Prius all-wheel drive E should be one of the most fuel-efficient all-wheel drive passenger cars in America. This seems possible, as the company believes the model will have a fuel economy rating of 52 mpg city, 48 mpg highway, and 50 combined. For comparison, the front-wheel drive Prius L Eco is expected to have a fuel economy rating of 58 mpg city, 53 mpg highway, and 56 mpg combined. While Toyota was also slow to offer the all-wheel drive Prius in the United States, the company has high hopes for the model. If their estimates are correct, up to 25% of Prius sales could come from all-wheel drive variants. Besides the newly available all-wheel drive system, the 2019 Prius adopts a new front bumper and restyled headlights. The same changes are echoed out back as Prius fans will find more traditional taillights and a reworked bumper. The model also gains a revised steering wheel and two new exterior colors called Supersonic Red an electric storm blue. Seriously overselling the coolness of this car. All 2019 Prius hatchbacks will come standard with the Toyota Safety Sense P suit of driver assistance systems. They include a pre-collision system with pedestrian detection, lane departure alert with steering assist, automatic high beam headlights, and and full speed range dynamic radar cruise control. I haven't actually seen the new front end on this Prius. 
In some ways, it looks more conventional. To me, it just kind of looks worse. It, mm, see, from the from almost head-on, it looks worse. From the side, I kind of prefer it. Because to me, the problem is that it looks too much like the old Prius. It looks like an evolutionary take on the old Prius design. And that, to me, is a bad thing. It still looks better than the old Prius, but that's not saying much. That's not saying much at all. Rear bumper, meh. The rear taillights, meh. It's all, eh. Strongly maintain that the Prius Prime is still the best looking Prius they've ever made. And I, and I, that, that, I'm very opinionated on that. I think it is the very best, it is the best looking Prius they've ever made, bar none. And that includes the Prius C, which I liked, but the Prime actually looks interesting to me. Whereas the normal Prius, just, no. And hold on, because I, I now got an image of the old Prius up with the, with, with the new one. Let's, let's take a look. Let's take a look here. Yeah, it's perhaps a little more conventional. Okay, yeah, it's better. I think it is, it's definitely better. But that's not saying much. It's not hard to top the normal Prius's looks. That's, that's not difficult at all. But the Prime, the Prime on the other hand, again, that to me is still their best looking Prius to date. Just hands down. What's up next? Alrighty. 2019 Nissan Murano facelift brings a brings classier looks and updated tech. Following a last-minute tease, Nissan has unveiled the 2019 Murano in Los Angeles. Looking instantly recognizable, the updated crossover has been equipped with a sportier front fascia that features triangular air intakes and additional chrome trim. Designers also installed a more pronounced V-Motion grille, which is flanked by updated LED headlights. Additional styling changes are limited, but the 2019 Murano features new LED fog lights and restyled 18 and 20 inch alloy wheels. Rounding out the changes are updated taillights and three new exterior colors called Sunset Drift Chroma Flare, Mocha Almond Pearl, and Deep Blue Pearl. Interior changes are likewise modest as the range-topping Murano Platinum now comes with semi-aniline leather seats and diamond quilted inserts. Drivers will also find dark wood tone trim and contrast piping on the seats. <laughs> what what does any of that mean? The dark wood tone makes sense. Diamond quilted inserts though? Contrast piping on the seats? And apparently it's on the seats, the center console, and the armrests. <laughs> Lesser models. <laughs> Submodels also receive some minor updates as as well. Those being the S, the SV, and SL variants. Now now can have either metallic or light wood tone trim. Murano SL and above grades also gain a Nissan Connect infotainment system with improved navigation. The updated system now has 3D building graphics and satellite imagery, as well as premium traffic information and point of interest online search capabilities. On the safety front, all Muranos now feature rear door alert and rear door alert. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Is, it, is this to tell you when the rear door is open? And so which one, do you mean the tailgate or do you just mean the rear passenger doors? Anyway, and intelligent driver alertness systems. As expected, the model can also be equipped with the Safety Shield 360 suite, sorry, suite of driver assistance systems. The suite includes automatic emergency braking with pedestrian detection, blind spot warning, rear cross the traffic alert, lane departure warning, high beam assist, and rear part rear automatic braking. Under the hood, the Murano's 3.5 liter V6 engine carries over and continues to produce 260 horsepower and 240 pound-feet of torque. It is connected to an Xtronic transmission which can be paired to an optional all-wheel drive system. The 2019 Murano will arrive at US dealers next month, but there's no word on pricing. Let's see. Um, 
I think it does look a little bit better. I I still think Nissan are definitely overstyling the front end of their cars, and they've done that with the Ultima, which hopefully we'll get to. But I do think it looks better. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of it's it's almost like a really like a really low end Infinity to me, like a Nissan like a Nissan styled Infinity in a sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, the rear door. Yeah, the rear door alerts. So basically, it's to remind owners to check the rear seats if they didn't open the rear door, so that you know children don't have unfortunate heat-related accidents. And it's not just well, I mean, Nissan didn't give us a new SUV, but even Hyundai has done something with an SUV. It's called the 2020 Palisade, and it was made for America's insatiable appetite for SUVs. But the 2020 Hyundai Palisade, the North Korean automaker, is venturing into a segment of the market it's never previously competed in. Premiering at the LA Auto Show this year, obviously, the Palisade is gargantuan. Sorry, is a gargantuan three-row, eight-seater SUV that will chase volume sales around the world, but particularly in the U.S. Power for, for the Palisade comes courtesy of an Atkinson Cycle 3.8-liter V6 direct-injected direct engine delivering 291 horsepower at 6,000 RPM and an estimated 262 pound-feet of torque. All of this power is sent through an eight-speed automatic transmission with a multi-plate torque converter that can be compared that can be paired with both two-wheel and HT eight sort of H-track four-wheel drive configuration is HTRAC, so kind of H-track. It, it's really weird. The Palisade will have to compete against the very best when compared to rivals like the Toyota Highlander, Honda Pilot, Nissan Pathfinder, and Ford Explorer. The Palisade slightly edges out all of them in terms of peak power and torque, albeit for the Pilot, which has with which has an identical torque figure. Although this is going to fight with the Durango, which I think is more powerful even in its V6 configuration. To ensure a comfortable ride and good stability, Honda has outfitted the Palisade with 18-inch wheels and 245-60 tires as standard, while offering 20-inch shoes with 245-50 rubber as an option. Parts including the front steering knuckles and rear carriers are made of aluminum, while lightning front lower arms have been developed to reduce unsprung weight. One of the key elements of the aforementioned HT-Rack all-wheel drive system, offering as an option, are the various different modes it offers, including normal, sport, and smart. Kind of like, almost sounds a little bit like Alfa Romeo's DNA system, which is which was dynamic, dynamic, normal, and all-weather, or something like that. In addition, there is a snow mode that optimizes traction and driver control in slippery conditions. The system does so by adjusting front and rear torque distribution, left and right wheel slip control, engine torque, and shift patterns depending on the available traction levels. HT-Rack also incorporates an all-wheel drive locking differential function. All 2020 Hyundai Palisade models come with a plethora of safety features as standard. These include forward collision avoidance assist, forward collision avoidance rather than just, you know, forward collision warning. That's an interesting choice of words. And it's also not, not just the forward collision avoidance assist, but also pedestrian detection, blind spot collision avoidance assist, lane following assist, rear cross track traffic collision avoidance assist. That's a mouthful. Safe exit assist, high beam assist, driver attention warning, and smart cruise control with stop and go. That's a lot of systems. Good grief. Or at the very least, that's a lot of... That's a, Those names have a lot of... They're just very long. They're very long names. One optional safety feature is rear occupant alert, which uses an ultrasonic sensor to detect movement of children and pets in the rear seats and reminds drivers to check the rear seats when exiting the vehicle. If the vehicle detects movement after the driver leaves the vehicle, it will honk the horn and send an alert to the owner's smartphone. The Palisade also comes with seven airbags as standard, and the Hyundai expects it to receive a 5-star NHTSA crash rating. 
Who doesn't love safety in a good-looking package? In terms of vehicle design, Hyundai has ensured that it fits in nicely with smaller models like the Hyundai Kona and Hyundai Santa Fe. Consequently, there's a large front grille that perfectly matches the LED headlights, LED daytime running lights, and turn signal mirrors. Hyundai didn't just want to give the Palisade presence when designing it and have ensured that it is quite that it is also quite aerodynamic with an impressive 0.33 coefficient of drag. Elements like the A-pillar angle, rear spoiler side garnish, and, opt- and an optimized front cooling area help to achieve this relatively slippery exterior. Step inside in a selection of variants and owners will find premium quilted Napa leather. There's also one-touch second-row seats that can be easily folded away with the press of a button. It's the same story with the third row. Each and every Palisade seating row incorporates numerous USB outlets. At the front, there's a 123-inch fully digital TFT center instrument cluster, cluster, as well as a 10.25-inch TFT infotainment screen. Also found within is Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, and QI wireless charging pad. Sorry, also found within is Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, a QI wireless charging pad, and an Infinity audio system with Clarify and Quantum Logic surround sound technology. A heads-up display has also been developed for the Palisade, capable of displaying information such as speed, smart cruise, control status, navigation, blind spot, collision avoidance assist, forward collision avoidance assist, speed limits, lane following assist, and audio system data. The 2020 Hyundai Palisade will be offered in Beckett's Black, White Cream, Lagoon Silver, Steel, Graphite, Serrera Burgundy, Moonlight Cloud, and Forest Rain. I gotta say, from the side, from the front, it looks kind of like a Hyundai. It, it, it's, it's, it looks really weird for a Hyundai to me. But from the side, it looks like it, I guess it looks like a GMC Terrain? Let me look that up. Not a Terrain, it, or at the very least. Okay, yeah, not a GMC Terrain. A, I guess it kind of looks like an Acadia? See, to me, I don't know, it kind of looks like, let me go back even further. Yeah, to me, it, it kind of looks, I guess, a little like the old Terrain. Like a much longer 2015 terrain. That's I guess that's what it looks a little like to me from the side. I don't know. It it just looks really GMC-ish from the side to me. Very GMC-ish from the side. Not bad though, I suppose. Tier is kind of nice, if a bit minimalist for my liking. The rear has vertical taillights that I'm not I'm not really a fan of. They're 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 just too narrow for me. Anyway, moving on to. I guess the last, more or less the last vehicle, the Kia Niro, the 2019 Kia Niro EV arrives in America with, with a 239 mile range. One. More than the Bolt. One. It's it's like when uh, when when the Porsche 959 could do something like 200 miles per hour or 199, and then Ferrari came out with the F40 and made it do 201. Like, like a subtle message to Porsche, like, know your place. <laughs> know your place, weakling. <laughs> The Kia Soul EV wasn't the only electric vehicle to bow in Los Angeles as the automaker also staged the North American debut of the 2019 EV. Looking largely identical to the standard model, the electric variant, a variant, the electric variant is distinguished by an enclosed grille which features an integrated charging port. The crossover also has Arrowhead LED daytime running lights, revised side skirts, with air, revised side skirts and aerodynamic 17-inch alloy wheels. Motivation is powered by a 64 kilowatt lithium-ion battery pack, which is mounted beneath the floor. It sends power to an electric motor that develops 201 horsepower and 291 pound-feet of torque. This enables the model to accelerate from 0 to 60 in 7.2 seconds before hitting a top speed of nearly 104 miles per hour. Of course, the Nero's most important specification is its 239 miles of range, or 304 kilometers of range. This number bests the Chevrolet Bolt by one mile, 
but is 19 miles less than the Hyundai Kona Electric. When it comes time to recharge the battery, owners will need approximately 59 hours with a level 1 charge featuring a 120 volt connection. Since most drivers don't want to wait over two days, owners can also use a 7.2 kilowatt level 2 charger that reduces the time to 9 hours and 35 minutes. Drivers with even less time can use a DC fast charger to give the Nero approximately 100 miles of range in 30 minutes. After 75 minutes, the car can be given an 85% charge. Kia unfortunately didn't mention pricing, but confirmed there will be two versions of the Nero EV in America. The entry level, the entry level EX variant comes equipped with leather and cloth seats, and comes equipped with leather and cloth seats, a four-speaker audio system, and an automatic climate control system. The model also has heated front seats, a wireless smartphone charger, and a seven-inch touchscreen infotainment system. Moving up to the EX Premium rewards rewards buyers with LED headlights, a power moonroof, and an auto dimming rear view with HomeLink. Buyers will also find heated and ventilated front seats, a heated steering wheel, and an 8-inch infotainment system with GPS navigation. Both models also come standard with an assortment of, with an assortment of driver assistance systems, including forward collision warning, forward collision avoidance assist, and lane departure warning. Other features include lane keeping assist, rear cross traffic alert, and smart cruise control with stop and go. I must stop here because I'm running a little long, and I will see you all after the break. Are you uninsured or underinsured? Can't afford the high premiums of health insurance? Would you like to save money on your out-of-pocket cost for dental and medical bills? If you answered yes to any of these questions, request more information at http colon slash slash www.ownyourhealthcare.com slash alternative dash healthcare dash solutions or call Dr. Taffy at 303-576-0670. Our plans are available in 42 states. We are at the end, certainly not at the end of the LA Auto Show, but we are getting to the end of the podcast. There's definitely quite a few cars that are going to be so I'm probably Gonna have to do a few shorter ones about specific cars, I, I think, this week. Stuff like the new Kia Soul, there's a new Toyota Corolla Hybrid. We got the new 911, which I should probably talk about. Although, you know, when I say, it's a new 911, it, you know, it pretty much looks the same as the old one. So, it does look good, though. Well, the rear looks good. I'm not really a fan of the front. And it, again, is a proper new 911. This is the all-new long-awaited and highly anticipated 2020 Porsche 911 unveiled at the LA Auto Show with the eyes of the world watching. In the 55 years since production of the Porsche 911 commenced, just seven generations have been released. Consequently, the launch of a new one is always a very special occasion. In the 992 generation, the eighth guys, Porsche aims to improve the world's most enduring and arguably greatest sports car in history in every facet ensuring that it topples all its rivals and is ready for the dawn of electrification. As leaked images of the car have shown, the new 2020 Porsche 911, codenamed the 992, isn't a dramatic departure from its predecessor. While the same can be said for most new generation 911s, the 992 receives perhaps the most modest styling changes of them all. We're not mad, however, as in its most recent form, the 991.2 form, the 911 looks exceptional. At the front, the new 911 looks largely the same as the outgoing model. Alterations include new headlights, revised air intakes, and 
different horizontal LED date running lights. Of course, there are also some more subtle changes present, including a reshaped hood with different lines. While all new, while all models now get enlarged fenders regardless of trim and or how many wheels are driven. Perhaps the most obvious styling tweaks come at the rear. For example, there are now sharp taillights connected by a light strip similar to the one Porsche first showed to the world with the Mission E. Porsche's designers have also crafted a new bumper, but as is typical of 911s, different variants will utilize different bumpers and feature bespoke tailpipes. As for the rest of the vehicle's design, as anyone who knows about the 911's history is aware, it is much the same. That means there's the same muscular arches, sporty wheels, and curved roof line. Though now, the door handles sit flush with the body and extend out when pressed. Base Carrera models get 19-inch wheels at, front, at the front, 20-inch in the rear, while the Carrera S models sit on larger 20s and 21s, respectively. One thing you might not notice with the new 992-911 is that its front overhang has been elongated, elongated to meet updated pedestrian impact production regulations protection regulations. Additionally, the 2029-11 will only be offered solely in wide-body guise. The front track has also been widened as have the front wheels in a move that will increase grip at all four corners. New tech and evolutionary design changes inside. The interior. Inside, some more considerable changes are present. For example, Porsche has incorporated a new instrument cluster, revised switchgear, and a larger 10.9-inch infotainment display. Porsche says the more angular design of the dashboard was inspired by the 911s from the 1970s. The slightly longer wheelbase and 45mm increase in front track promised some improvements in space, too. While the new Porsche 911 may not look very different, upgrades found beneath the bodywork promised to make it the best and fastest model ever to be adorned with the brand's most iconic nameplate. There are also, obviously, powertrain upgrades. Found across the range are a selection of new and improved twin-turbocharged 3-liter 6-cylinder engines. Porsche first introduced these with the 991 Generation 911 and for the 992. Porsche has worked their magic once again. For example, the engines now feature die-cast aluminum manifolds. This, alongside other touches, sees power for the base 911 Carrera jump from 370 horsepower to 385 horsepower, while the new Carrera S now has 444 horsepower rather than the 414 of the older model. The lateral rear-wheel drive form reaches 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds, and in 4S all-wheel drive trim in 3.6 seconds. 0 to 60 in 3.4. Because they're saying 0 to 100 kilometers and 0 to 60, but anyway. Making both models 0.4 seconds faster than the older respective Carrera S and 4S cars. This advantage is increased by another 0.2 seconds with the optional Sport Chrono package. Top speeds are now 191 for the 911 Carrera S and 190 for the all-wheel drive version. The fuel consumption on European driving cycle for the 911 Carrera S is 8.9 liter per 100 kilometers, where that's 26.4 mpg US, 31.7 mpg UK, while the 911 Carrera 4S records this figure stands at 9.0 liters per 100 kilometers, or 26.1 mpg US and 31.4 mpg UK. Similar power gains will be made among other 911 derivatives as they come to market. Customers of the 911 and Carrera S are treated to a 7-speed manual transmission as standard, but if they so desire, can opt for a new 8-speed dual-clutch transmission. This, this new unit comes from ZF and replaces the 7-speed PDK we've come to know and love. The 911 Carrera and Carrera S will be available with an optional 4-wheel steering system. There's a new wet mode. While that might not sound right, it's actually a real thing. In a world first, according to Porsche, the standard wet mode uses sensors under the wheel wells to detect the amount of water on the road to precondition the stability control and anti-lock brake systems accordingly and warn the driver. Okay, 
This might be the first for a wet mode of this proportion, but the SRT Viper back in 2014 added a rain mode into the stability control. Having a rain mode for the stability control is not new. Anyway, the 992 also gets a camera-based warning and brake assist system fitted as standard, which detects the risk of collision with moving objects and initiates emergency braking if necessary. Night vision assists with a thermal imaging camera is optionally available for the 911 for the first time. The adaptive cruise control option includes automatic distance control, stop and go functionality, and an innovative emergency assist function. This is what the car will cost you. The 911 Carrera S costs from 120,125 euros in Germany, and the 911 Carrera 4S from 127,000 euros, from 127,979,000 euros, including tax. In the United States, the 2020 911S has a base price, has a base MSRP of $113,200, while the 2020 911 Carrera 4S will start from $120,600, each not including the $1,050 delivery, processing, and handling fee. You can order both now, but they're not expected to reach the U.S. to reach U.S. dealers until the summer of next year. That is it for this week's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. I'll try and cover some more of the cars because there's a lot to go through. I will see you all soon. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.